Well, good morning or good afternoon, everybody. My name's Nancy Cashew. I'm a fitness specialist and I've been training older adults or baby boomers for about 27 years now. Over that time, I've really come to believe that there's a lot more to your training program that involves making the clients happy, making them want to come along, making them socialize and being part of the community. So today what we're going to cover in my session is all about community groups and where to best place to deliver them so that you can have balanced health and social connectedness. Additional benefits in regards to reducing stress and depression, how to elevate happy hormones, how to make your programs fun with games, music and social interaction. And then I've got some examples of some cognition games towards the end. So regular exercise involves three major parts. It's all about your social connectedness, the physical well-being and the mental well-being of the people in your community. If you can have balanced health with these three things involved, you'll find that your community group will really work well for you. You'll have active mind, enjoyment, uh, mutual support and will expand their community. One thing that you really have to remember when you are training older adults is that they, when they look up in the mirror, they don't always see themselves as being old. Age is just a number. So like you or I, I don't consider myself being as old as I am. I see myself as a younger being. <laughs> However, when I do get up and look in the mirror, my goodness gracious, I am really getting older. But I'm not old. And these people look at life the same way. They're going into their retirement and they don't consider themselves old. So this ad from APA that was on the television, I thought this is fantastic. This has really depicted older adults and what their abilities as they get older into retirement. Have a look at this. At APR, we're all about possibilities and making sure you're ready for them. Because age is just a number. Slowing down? <laughs> you're just getting started. Go grab life by the... Burn rubber. Pound the pavement. Put the pedal to the metal. Live life. Live off the land. Oh, live out of a suitcase. Get the upgrade. Order dessert. Stop traffic. Go make the kids jealous. It's all possible. Now show them how it's done. Apia. Get set. Go. Call 13 50 50. It's just a fabulous ad. So then when it comes to us talking about community groups, you wonder where is the best place to put on your community groups. Now, one of the success stories to um, actually holding community groups is about people coming in together. And the way in here in Naruma, where we have 
38% of our population are over 65 year olds because we are a retirement village. So with that, we get new people coming in and wanting to set up their homes here in this beautiful town that we live in, but they come and they arrive and they don't know anybody. So you don't wanna make your entry for them, that front door to come through, too intimidating. So I hold my classes in leisure centres, which is the Naruma Leisure Centre there. We have a lovely um, dance session going on there. Below it, I have it in a community hall. It's a half an hour down the road. So that's Turos in the community hall there. And then you've also got another community group, although it's a little bit smaller, they still interact with the rest of the community and that's in the church hall. So you want to make your facility, if you're in a gym, you want to make your facility to enable the older adults and baby boomers to not feel intimidated to walk into your group. Once they get in there and they're in amongst a whole bunch of friends that they'll meet, they'll be fine, but you've got to get them in the door. So you have to also remember that the community group doesn't always have to be um, full on land exercise group. I have got a great community all evolving around Aqua. These lovely ladies, for one reason or another, and there are gentlemen involved as well, um, have aches and pains, knees, back, hips, whatever. And they have said to me, they love the water because it gives them freedom, that they're able to move. They're actually able to work hard. They love the music and they've got their little social knits as well that they go off to and enjoy that. So if you're somebody that's looking to increase your income a little bit, I strongly recommend have a look at um, some of the aqua groups, I do it in the public pool. I do it at a time that there's not a lot of people around, usually about 11 o'clock. And so there's no intimidation at all for them to come where next to nothing and jump in and do their classes. Get your fitness instructors qualifications for Aqua and you'll find that it is really a good source of income for you. There's also work around retirement villages. I don't care to go into nursing homes. The ladies and gentlemen that work inside the nursing homes do a fabulous job. I like to go to the retirement villages that surround the nursing home. They have their own little community centre here, which is the room that we're at here. Usually have smaller groups. They can also be supported by a grant. This is a particular grant run by the Illawarra Retirement Trust. And so these people come along, they pay very little amount of money. They come along and they do what they can do to keep themselves physically active with me helping them along the lines. With that mentioning of grants, I can tell you that uh, in regards to Clubs New South Wales, because I live in New South Wales, I know that the clubs have to offer a certain amount of money uh, from their profits to go back into the community. You have to tick the boxes, of course. And by training people that are over the age of 65, a community local event to do with physical activity or health in some sort ticks a lot of boxes. So you can get help with training these people through Clubs New South Wales. Um, I strongly suggest you also check the other states because they have clubs and they will have to have some sort of a requirement similar. Government council, councils and government also have grants available out there. So go and contact your councils and find out what's available that you may be able to get involved in. Good supplement to your wages.
Now, as I was saying, a exercise class isn't always about the exercise. It's about raising the fun in a class and having a good time and increasing your, what I like to call as your happy hormones. So these are the four common ones. It's not all of them, but these are the four that get discussed regularly with your dopamine being the goal achieving, endorphins being that your runner's high, oxytocin being that will bond to another person or a friend and serotonin being your happy mood or even a feeling of somebody of importance. Normally they're all sort of swinging together, but I'm going to address them individually just briefly to say other than exercise, other ways that you can increase the, these hormones. We'll start with the endorphins because it seems to be the one that gets mentioned the most. If you're somebody that really trains hard in class, you'll get that endorphin hit. You're a runner's high or the one that, yes, I can do this, I, I'm really doing well. You may not be somebody that trains that hard in class to get that whole endorphin hit. Another way that you can get the endorphins going is laughter. Have your classes laughing and they will feel good about it. Laughter is the best medicine. Bring it on in your classes. Allow for the laughter. Allow for it to go on a little bit longer if you like, because laughter is really, really good. Make your exercises fun. And then your dopamine gets referred to as a cycle. So what you do is you put in small challenges. Rather than the whole big finish line of some goal that you may have long-term goal, bring in the small ones. So it could be as simple as anything as um, asking somebody to throw a bean bag into a hopscotch drawn on the ground and having them hop around it. If they do it, give them a pat on the back. Tell them that was a job well done. After all, your body doesn't know the difference between a huge job and success or a smaller one and success being made a big deal out of. So lots of small achievements, lots of success will make your dopamine increase. Just a point, um, we lose um, dopamine um, receptors about 13% every decade, but exercise helps to minimize that loss. Then there's the serotonin, and the serotonin um, can be increased by outdoors activities. This is why older adults really like to do the bushwalking, they like to do the dragon boating, they like to do some of the outdoors activities, walk around the park with the dog because it actually makes them feel good. My classes, when weather's enabling, we go out onto a veranda and we'll do some work out in the sunshine for a little bit, uh, or I might send them, um, we have a walkway that we're able to utilize out in the sunshine for just short bursts, just to make them feel good about it. Um, it increases the vitamin D um, and your serotonin levels. And then we get to the oxytocin. This is probably my favorite one to talk about lately, particularly in the environment that we're in and we're all stuck indoors with the COVID. So your oxytocin is the support or the cuddle hormone, the bonding hormone. Now, even though we are indoors and we have been communicating mostly through Zoom, 
there still is an element of oxytocin increase when you go and seek support, when you come on board and do your exercise classes. It has been proven that when you pick up the phone and you talk to your mum, you feel good. Oh, mum, that is oxytocin. It appeals to you when you're not feeling too sporty to reach out and get help and oxytocin will be elevated. It is also activated when you're the person helping. So again, oxytocin um, is elevated and it has been proven to actually help with the symptoms of stress and depression, but it also is an anti-inflammatory. So what it has the ability to do by simply reaching out for support or giving support, it has the ability to heal cells that have been damaged by stress. It also helps with your resilience to stress. So the more that you've had piled onto you and you know, you've got a stressful life and even in these times that we're in, the more that you're able to cope with stress and ask for help from friends, the more able you're able to, more able to deal with stress. So where I'm living at the moment, Naruma, we have really had a rough trot with 2020. It started last year at the Christmas time with bushfires and we did not do well. We were all right in Naruma, but the areas around us are just awful. So I had a lot of ladies that were really struggling with stress. I tried to keep my classes going for as long as I possibly could for what I was allowed. Uh, my hall got shut down as evacuation centre. We moved to another little place and I just kept trying to bring us together to talk about the hardships. And there are a lot of people going through the hardships. We no sooner thought that we were on the road to recovery, and boom, COVID. So we've had a double banger down here. Again, I've tried to bring people on board with the Zoom. I've tried to have them talk to each other, but I can tell you that they are all looking forward to coming back and having their face-to-face -face classes again because they like that feeling of the oxytocin. Now's a good time just to mention neuroplasticity. This is getting thrown around a lot lately. Neuroplasticity talks about your brain being malleable and how it's able to um, grow right up until the day that you die. So what happens is um, when you have physical activity and you have some sort of brain cognition gains going on, you are able to rejuvenate some of your cells so that they can grow back. So if we just look at that in layman's terms, as some of your cells will actually look like a tree with its root system and your branches and then the leaves on the end are your synapses. So as you uh, find that you age, because aging's got a lot to do with slow down of regeneration, but you are still able to build it up. So you might have your tree, some leaves fall off or the branches seem to, um, decline in size or length of the dendrites, you'll find that working hard at your physical activity and working hard at your cognitive training will regrow those branches. Neuroplasticity and working on the brain and the cognitive training, we know that physical activity also helps with um, your stress again. Now these factors about um, the brain decreasing in size are brought on by environmental factors, drugs, stress, growth, and like I said, um, aging and learning. 
So then how, Nancy, can you have fun in how can I make my classes fun? I've just got a little video to snip here. I asked some of the people in my class, I said, what is it that you like to come along and have in class? And this is the response that I got. Well, I come to Nancy's fitness classes and they're a lot of fun, but she makes you work hard. The Older Fitter Better program was designed for strength, balance, cardio and flexibility, and lately, cognitive training. It's just fun. Because it's just fun. Yeah. I love coming here. I've enjoyed myself. I've had loads of fun. I can be as fit and flexible as possible tonight. I want to stay fit and strong to be able to chase my grandchildren around. my classes fun I try very very hard to put games in every single class sometimes for longer duration than others sometimes we'll get on a game and the people will say oh no 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 we want to play this some more and if they're laughing having a good time I'll try to expand it out just that much longer now I'm not saying that I don't put in training we do do strength training cardio balance flexibility and cognition training but I try to have the games in there to just to give them another reason to have fun and, and want to come back to do those many, many squats and those many, many lunges. So what type of games do I play with? All balls, balloons, noodles, bean bags, chairs, tables, plastic cups. Just invent the games. You'll find many games on websites. I've got in the references a lot of the people that I found these games from. Um, the one thing that you do need to be aware of that the harder the cognitive training that you've got going with the game, you have to decrease the physical demand. So, and that applies the other way. If it's not a very hard cognitive game, you can increase the physical activity involved. So it's sort of like a bit of a seesaw there. The benefits of these games are that it will preserve cognitive function. So the people's, they're building more brain cells. Um, and people that are generally not real happy about their own ability with general strength training and movement, when you get them in a game, they think, oh, I can do that. And there'll be some things that they will actually do quite well and they'll be quite good. And you can say to them, gee, that was really, really well done. And, and they're feeling quite good about themselves. And then again, alleviate depression, games and fun. It's, it's just really good. Now I've got a couple of videos here all in a row for you and they'll show some of the cognition games that we've had on board. 
Um, most of them are self-explanatory. Um, I hope you enjoy them. I had some girls come in just last minute, just off the bat, rang them up and said, I want to put, put some of these things on a video. And they jumped at the chance and came in. And you'll be stepping forward and back with your left leg for odd numbers. You'll also be stepping zero and five will be a squat. So you ready to go, girls? Okay. Yep. Here we go. And one. <laughs> Seven. Two. Four. Five. Good. Seven. Nine. Zero. Three. Four. Zero. One. Seven. Instead of just standing and sitting, you can have the participants stand. Name a country in alphabetical order. So we start with Ruth. Go, please. Australia. Brazil. Canada. Denmark. Ecuador. France. Germany. Holland. And fabulous. So I'm going to ask the ladies to stop there. You got the idea that they were thinking as well as working. We can change that a little bit. We can add a weighted ball, or in this case it's just a basketball for this training process today. Both ladies will stand at the same time, they're going to throw the ball, but name a piece of clothing. So if you wouldn't mind starting, Ruth. Both ladies, go. Uh, jumpers. Yeah, good. Go on. Dress. Uh, shoes. Scarf. <laughs> Socks. Shoes. Oh, <laughs> Yes. So again, you can see that the ladies had to think about standing up, throwing the ball and a piece of clothing. So this one's all about balloons. So those balloons, what a great way to take the emphasis off the movement of the body and make them think about the balloon. And also to the different colours, just a little point here, different colour balloons, and they sort of seem to get a little bit more excited about them. Um, Moving on to the next one. Okay, ladies, so I want you to do this balance cognition training. So you'll be pretending that you are in the middle of a clock. If you will put your right foot forward and point to 12 o'clock and back to go. You have the option of coming back to go if you feel that your balance requires it. Otherwise, you'll go straight to the next o'clock and that will be three o'clock and then six o'clock behind you. Right, come back to O in the middle. Now, I want you to show me 11 o'clock and right around to 7 o'clock. Beautiful. And back to go. So you'll fill all the numbers in. Point to the numbers as I call to them, please. 12, 3, 6, 11, 12, 4, 6, 5, 12, Two, seven, three, one, twelve, six, five, seven. You can you can you can then use instruct for people to use either foot. So let's have a try 
And so let's go 9, 12, 6, 5, 3, 12, 6, 8, 7, 5, 12, 1. So this next one is a short-term memory. So they've got to step over the balance beams and come back into the middle. So that's one, two, three, slam. No, it's short-term memory. <clears throat> I want two, three, one, four, go. Excellent. I want four, two, one, three. Very nice. I want... Game over. Yes, she came along to help me out with the video and couldn't help herself and wanted to come on and everybody else was having so much fun. It was her turn. She was very good at the short-term memory too, I might add. So that's one. So that brings us along to the music side of things. Now in my classes for probably all of them, I have music. The only time I turn the music off is when I have to explain something new and I want them actually to listen to me. Other than that, I either have it as background music or quite prominent and we're dancing along to it or we need to use the beats of the music like I was talking about earlier. Now you need to be respective of the music that you use. Uh, you may have older participants and yes, they may love uh, a little bit of the Andrews Sisters or they may love a little bit of Hooked On Classics or something like that, but that doesn't mean that you have to play it all of the time. You'll find that they will also enjoy some of the modern stuff. Some reason or other that Shotgun seems to be a real hit lately. Everybody's, let's play that one. And they'll like the in-between. Some of them love to get hooked on the rock and rolls. Some of them love to be hooked on the 60s. I like the 70s. So you'll find that you'll be able to mix it up and match it. But just be aware of who it is that's coming in through the door and then sort of, you know, tweak it a little bit. I'll give you a story. My older sister is not physically minded at all, but she smashed a kneecap up about eight years ago and went through all of her rehabilitation and then tried to get back on board to keep herself moving. She confided in me and said, yes, she went down to the local aerobics place and she said what she ended up doing was she walked in the door with her handbag in her hand and would not put that handbag down until that first song started playing. If it was something that she knew was going to tweak her interest and get her head bopping, she stayed and she did the class. She said if she didn't like it, it was going to be a doof doof song or something that she knew she was not going to enjoy, she simply turned around and walked out. Now I'm not saying that that's the right attitude to have or that the music wasn't going to change later on, but it is imperative that you match the music to your clientele to have them want to stay because music is such a, a binding force. So it is actually written that it's like music's innate and it, it, 
It attaches to us for us to want to beat with the music. The power beats are somewhere between 120, 124 beats per minute, but it is the wording of the songs that's the real hard driver. So I don't know about you, but um, you know, I, there's some songs that I know that we've done some power bar to, and you're in the middle of the grocery store, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh, are we doing bicep track to this?" And your head's bopping up and down as you go, and then you look over your shoulder to see if anybody's looking at you. But it, the music, it, it's within us, and it is really, really a driving force. So these are just some of the examples that I do for fun that's specifically attached to music. So Macarena and Chicken Dance. Oh, I've got margarine. Pub Thumping, Cotton Eye Joe. These are just ones that we actually do our own little um, bop along to. You can come up with anything you like. But these girls sort of know it. Oh, it's, it's that one today. Oh, it's that one today. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun. Plus, it's very good cognitive when they're learning them, by the way. It's bringing us on to the social side of things here. Now, other than the people walking into the class and having their little bit of a chit chat before the class starts, I do allow, depending on the class setting, um, I do allow the banter to go in class. Quite often you'll have one lady yelling at the other, you know, she hasn't done enough push-ups yet, or, you know, she didn't run fast enough, and all this sort of back and forth banter. Banter's fun, so long as they've been nice about it. Um, I also push for the coffees afterwards, because this is another chance for them to offload and talk about um, what's going on in their lives. Now, don't forget, a lot of these um, people going into retirement, they've probably got young children, their children are having young children. Um, there's often illnesses going on, if it's not about their chronic illnesses or something that got they got with their health, it may be their husband's health or vice versa, or they may have a child that's not doing too sporty. Um, so there's a lot of this offloading that's really, really important as I discussed earlier. You'll find we uh, try to involve birthday parties. We always have a Christmas party. Um, the ladies like to get together in their smaller groups and they go off to the theatre together. Um, they uh, have walking dates together and this is all within the community and they're just fantastic and with their groups and getting out and doing things. Um, a lot of the people in my uh, my classes are also involved with you know, dragon boating, you know, I've got my bushwalking groups, um, I've got some of them are golfers, some of them are bowlers, so they're all interconnected within our community. So keep the social side happening and it's, it's very rewarding to see them all happy and having so many friends. And you'll notice too, as your people go into retirement and they get a little bit older, that they've had good lives and then they feel that they want to give back to the community. It's great if it's a local community charity, you'll, they will get on board and they'll go, yes, yes, I'll help out with that. And if they're not members of another club, you know, Rotary Quota, I can't think of the others at the moment, but they will get on board and help with a charity. We have done local charity walks. We have done local charity um, expos. Um, I've got here Heather off to the right. She raised quite a bit of money and went and walked the seven bridges for cancer. So you'll find that 
keep them in their groups and they'll be more than willing to help out with um, charity events and giving back to the community. I just want to spend a minute here. Um, these are bloopers. Now I wasn't going to put these in. The first part of it shows an actual cognition game where they're counting or we're supposed to be counting from one to eight up with one hand, eight down to one with the other hand. And then we had different arm movements or leg movements added in. Didn't quite work out that way, but I'll, I'll tell you at the end why I've left these in. One, two, three, four. in to show the laughter even though we didn't quite get to where we were wanting to go with that particular game that we were putting on they laughed the laughing went on for a little bit longer they chatted they had a good time with each other they had worked pretty hard with some of the games with the balloons um, and the balls and things that we had on that afternoon and they said how much they had missed each other's company how much they had missed the classes how much they enjoyed coming along and having a good old belly laugh and it was good and that is the reason that you need to address these things in your classes to keep these older adults wanting to come back wanting to share wanting to improve their mental health as well as their physical health and increase their the community connectedness 
So I love this. This is Dalai Lama stating to be optimistic, but I also think it's all about being positive. How nice is it when you go up and ask somebody how they are and they're really positive and they're going, yeah, I'm really, really going great. Much better to be around somebody that's positive rather than somebody that's negative. Look, and it's not hard to get up in the morning and have a positive thought. Um, Dalai Lama says choose to be optimistic. It feels better. Have some fun in your classes. Laugh a lot create the social networking, still train them hard because they're going to get the most out of their retirement. Last couple of slides I just wanted to share with you. Uh, talk about my new program that's coming out for instructors to train baby boomers and beyond. We're going to cover everything that you'll need to know with putting your own classes together. Strength, cardio, flexibility, cognitive training, balance, fun, games, lots of ideas, and music. So this information will help you cover classes that may be chair-based and you want to work on cognition, or maybe uh, for people with uh, diabetes and you want to work a little bit more on more rounded strength training and cardio work, or you may be more into training um, osteoporosis and a lot more strength training with that. So keep an eye out in the future, near future for this program. So my last slide. Are the references that I used during the course of this talk that you may be interested to get some ideas.